There are legends round here, even if only in their own minds. Forgotten, but not dead. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. We are on episode 18. We got the whole gang back this week. My name's Isaiah. I'm joined by Mark, Sean, and Ted. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Pretty good, man. Glad we're I'm all back together. Fine. Definitely. That's always a pleasure. I'm doing extremely fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Leave it up to Ted. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well. Leave everything thanks. to me. <laughs> so Thanksgiving's done and over with now. We are moving on into the Christmas season. To kind of get things going, though, how was your guys' Thanksgiving? I'm pretty good, man. Besides the crazy family over. Right. <laughs> the food was great, though. Yeah, it was so good, was man. Football, so. <laughs> Had a pretty good one. Awesome. What about you, Ted? Mine was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it's going to be. Sexy time for Thanksgiving, Ted. <laughs> I had a very sexy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't think I can keep this voice. No, up. I don't think you get either. It's going mad. No, you have to. You have to. You're contractually obligated. <laughs> I forgot about my sexy contract. <laughs> oh my god! What has this show devolved into? <laughs> oh good lord yeah thanksgiving was good me and the wife went to her uncle's house because her whole family gets together at her uncle's house every year for thanksgiving so we did that and then that was pretty much it then we came home and uh black friday shopping and that's about it and uh still got to get stuff for the nieces and nephews for christmas because that's gonna come up super quick and I'm not looking really forward to that, but it is what it is. <laughs> but that's a good time of year. I enjoy Christmas. Besides yeah, money. me, me, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can get away without buying presents. All you have to do is fake your death, <laughs> and then you're in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. I don't want my kids to have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you just gave me an idea for a movie <laughs> calm down Kenny Powers <laughs> Kenny Powers oh my god good times good stuff but yeah we are definitely moving into the Christmas season there's plenty of Christmas movies to d- discuss and, and, and everything um, this month especially just to kind of get into the spirit we'll be talking about a few different christmas movies tonight and specifically we're going to be reviewing uh black christmas but we'll get into that in a little bit here and so expect to see maybe a couple more reviews throughout the month um because they're fun to do especially of these older christmas horror movies because uh not a lot of people know about a lot of them and 
We want to bring a, at least a few of them to light here as we go out throughout the month of December here and leading into the new year. The reason for it to all be happy and jolly. Got to have some Beth and Mary. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's a festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and kick things off with a little bit of news here um, to kind of start things off on a low note. Uh, Netflix has officially canceled Mystery Science Theater 3000. So it's going to end Woo-hoo! after the <laughs> second season. <laughs> so we're not going to get a third season. For I freaking love Mystery Science Theater 3000, but this revival was a lot had a lot to be desired. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it, it, it wasn't great. I, I, I never gave it a so chance. Myself. It didn't have it. Ch- it didn't have the charm that the, uh, the original run had. That yeah. was the problem. They put too much. They, they had like the same type of effects, but you, they put so much money into it that it lost that charm. Cause the original show was so low budget that, you know, they had like simple sets and simple premise and just, you know, some funny gags right. and then, you know, the riffing of the movies. But this one, they had like musical numbers, like full choreographed yeah, and all that. Yeah. So too, man. yeah Especially the opening theme. The yeah. God. Hmm. Well, maybe it's so, a good thing then in disguise. Yeah. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I don't think honestly, it is. Honestly, I haven't watched Mr. Science Theater. God, probably 15 years or so is probably the last time I remember watching one. It's been a long time. I love the Hobgoblins episode. My daughter, because she likes the originals. We weren't too impressed. Okay. My main problem was I couldn't even, like, when they were actually riffing the movies, I couldn't tell who was talking. They all sounded the same. They didn't have distinct voices. I was like, who said that joke? (laughs) Who said this joke? Like, when I watched the original the original 10 seasons i know who's talking in that dark theater but in this version i couldn't tell who was saying what yeah okay maybe it's not such a bad thing especially if they kind of mishandled it a little bit and it was a nice thought yeah no i mean that they at least gave it a shot i mean to bring something like that back but yeah oh well this means there's room out there for someone else exactly (laughs) exactly so Mystery Science Theater canceled. No season three. This one's got me a little perturbed. Uh, just based off of the shit that she said recently regarding men and movies and, and stuff like that. Uh. But that's besides the point. So it's been announced that Elizabeth Banks is set to star and direct The Invisible Woman for Universal. Dead, you, Isaiah, you, you got her name wrong. Her name is Elizabeth Tanks because Charlie's Angels <laughs> tanked at the box office. That is her new name. Yeah, I wasn't entirely overly excited about no. it. I don't know. When you blame men for the failure of your movie, I mean, that's. Yeah. While at the same time, you're saying the movie was not meant for men, but then you blame men when it yeah. tanks at the box that office. So, yeah, sense. it doesn't make any sense. Like, Tim Miller blames James Cameron. Showing some promise in this whole dark universe. Yeah. That's the only positive thing I can say, so maybe they'll 
make sure it doesn't mess up. Right. They should just they know. should just drop the dark universe thing. That's I mean that, don't that's, even refer to it as the dark. They're universe. not going. Yeah. To, yeah. I probably shouldn't call it that because it irritates Ted especially. Yeah. Dark universe. All their the new attempt at what it. they're doing. So I've liked what I you know the trailer for Invisible Man and what they're saying about Frankenstein is true. Yeah. Yeah, Invisible Man looks great. Yes, it does. I'm I'm very much excited for that. I can't wait for February to roll around to be able to see that. Between that and uh, Fantasy Island, because both of those come out in February. Both of them are being done by Blum, by Blumhouse. So. That one kind of surprised me. I was like, oh, they're doing that? And then yeah. It completely <laughs> turned out on that thing. Yeah, so that, that, that's something to at least look forward to. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to shit on it right away with the invisible woman you know it may end up being good but it just kind of perturbs me that she's doing this after all the shit that she it's just her, said not the yeah. movie so much <laughs> and i'm definitely not against a you woman director doing funny. it you know it's just the fact that somebody that blames men for something that they made a shitty movie for and that's you, just know, ridiculous. you know what i find funny is okay so you know she, she, she made charlie's angels it tanks you know blame man boohoo feminist boohoo whatever and they also hired paul feig who directed ghostbusters 2016 who blamed misogyny on the failure of his crappy movie yep and he's making a movie for universal a horror film i can't remember what it's called so dark army my question is that's right dark army so my question is is these people making flop movies are still getting work. Why? why? <laughs> How? True. I, I don't. Well, uh, is it just a Hollywood thing? thing? I, like they're in the club or something? That's or... the political kind of. That, that's the political it's... thing, and that's not upsetting people when they say it. So they're, they're, sometimes it's probably encouraging companies to hire them. Yeah. Actually, so uh, see the. Th- it's just my take. It's a. It's a way to pass the buck, because man, if you look at even especially in horror, because we talk about horror all the time. There are plenty of great movies that were made by women. Yep. And one of my yeah. absolute favorites is American Psycho, and that is an amazing fucking movie. Yeah. Definitely. Pet Cemetery. The original yes. Pet Cemetery. Slumber Party Massacre was made Slumber... by a fucking feminist. All, all three of the <laughs> all three of the Slumber Party Massacres are made by women. Directed yep. by women. Yeah, definitely. I mean you, you could you could look up a list on Google right now and find yeah. hundreds of them. I want the director for Slumber Party Massacre to make the Invisible Woman now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I I think for something like that, it should be a woman that directs it because I I think it's it's a good thing. It's just that don't hire somebody that's just gonna talk down about men, you know, just because because they're a feminist. Didn't she do one of those Pitch Perfect movies, like those singing I movies or whatever so. they're called? I think so, but I I don't remember for sure. I actually like those movies. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong liking them. I'm just saying, isn't it like like uh, her directing? She hasn't. She doesn't have like a, a solid credits behind her name right now, directing right. wise. Right? No, I mean, are those the only two movies that I, she's I, done, or she, she might done have done more? But I, mean, I honestly don't know because I haven't really looked too much into Elizabeth Inc. So I don't know. Yeah, I haven't yeah. either. 
I don't know. But I feel like when you make a statement like this publicly and you go out there and you and you you have these radical views and you're open about them publicly, it's going to make other people that can help you with your career less likely to want to work with you. Right. And yeah. That's why I say let them make their statements and let them show their ass and let the companies even hire them if no one goes and sees their fucking movies in the yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so. yeah, true. That's very very true. Let, I hope Ghostbusters 2020 blows Ghostbusters 2016 so freaking far out of the water. You don't have to hope at all, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can, they can just like drop the trailer. Like you buy you buy the tickets <laughs> and you just go in and watch a two minute trailer. It's automatically better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that movie makes like past a billion dollars just to say you suck, Paul Feige. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I do like Paul Feige's movies, okay, with the exception of Ghostbusters. I've I've never really had a problem with his movies. Actually, I've enjoyed quite a few of them. But the he just did not do a good job with Ghostbusters, and it had nothing to do with the women being there because I'm fine with the women being Ghostbusters. It's just the fact that the movie just sucked. He made a crappy yeah. movie, yeah. And that's all it is. Yeah, it was a terrible. Has nothing to do with his views. I mean, I could give a shit two shits about his views. Only good thing was slime. Or- yeah. but yeah i mean views aside i mean it just wasn't a good movie and i've liked a lot of his movies so it's just it has nothing to do with men hating women or whatever the fuck the argument is it's just the fact that his movie sucked that's all it is i've only seen one of it i only saw one movie of his that was on a movie channel, Bridesmaids, and I was not impressed. I like Bridesmaids. So I, I could, thought it was fun. I like Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids was funny as fuck. I was impressed. <laughs> I thought it was great. but It was too long, in my opinion. I was just sitting there watching it. I'm like, is this going to end? <laughs> it's it's a it's a chick flick, Ted. Yeah. Oh, it gosh. Is. That, that's... <laughs> Anyways. There's nothing wrong with chick flicks, but... That movie, I, th- I thought that movie sucked, and I had no interest in Paul Feige's right. of his other movies. Okay. He was better. He was better as the science teacher in the first season of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, good memories. Anyways, moving along from there, off of this political discussion, because I don't like talking politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that got that. That could have went a lot yeah. worse than it did. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just stop it while we're ahead here. <laughs> So Netflix is, uh, so they got this, um, uh, what is it? Kyoto brothers releasing a stop motion animated film based off of one of their books. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that, Sean? All right. Alien Christmas. It's the story about X, a thieving alien sent to earth with the mission to rob the entire planet's gravity, I believe. And I think they're trying to use the gravity to steal something else from the planet. And they mistake Santa's workshop as a weapon-making facility. And so Santa and his elves go to war with Mr. Alien X. Something to that effect. Okay. It's one of their most popular written books. Everyone who's been... I've never read it myself. I just recently found out about it when I came across this. But I'm a fan of their work from Critters and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. The fact that it's stop motion animation coming with this, like that's their specialty. So if you guys like those movies, it's definitely gonna be something fun. All right, cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm looking forward to that now. Yeah, I've always liked stop motion stuff. So, um, yeah, that's excited me too, man. 
<laughs> we haven't had a good holiday stop motion since freaking California Raisins Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always Nightmare Before Christmas, too. But, yeah, because when stop motion's done right, it looks great. And it's it's stop motion is so hard to do. So it's something you can really appreciate, you know, because the amount of time that goes into doing it. Because back in yeah, school, sure. we, we actually had to do our own stop motion videos for one of our classes. And you're talking like a minute worth of footage can take two to three hours to film, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, so it's, it's a long process. A second, you know, a few seconds yep. worth of footage it's ridiculous so it's there's definitely good I, you know, I appreciate it when they do it that's for yeah. sure there's been some good stop motion stuff through the year. oh definitely and the fact that these guys are behind it that's what really got me excited and it's in a, from a story they wrote so yeah should be good for sure i'm glad to see they're getting some more opportunities too yeah definitely so kind of sticking with the uh kind of the streaming service stuff here so there's been a rumor going around that Disney Plus is actually producing a PG-13 Predator series. Now, this comes from a source that actually broke news before it was actually announced of Bill Murray being in Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters movie, as well as uh, there was another thing that they broke the news on before it was actually. So it could possibly be a reliable source that it's coming from. So I don't know how I feel about a PG-13 predator series i'll be honest with you if i'd have heard this news a month ago i'd have been completely like what the hell but after watching mandalorian if they get the right people with it i don't yeah. know man. maybe that shit can be good that's true like that has me have the mandalorian has me have hope for anything disney plus is doing at the right because it's just that damn good yeah so i would agree i'm not against anything i hear but it does sound odd, Disney with Predator. But at least they're not just throwing it in the vault and not doing anything with it. True. Because they could have did that as well. Yeah. All right, I have a quick question, though. Does Disney... They own Hulu, right? Yes, they own a huge stake yeah. in, in Hulu. Yeah, okay, so why, why, why can't... Even though it could be good, like Sean said, I agree, and I've heard nothing but good things about The Mandalorian, but why can't they just put this on Hulu and make it gritty and violent, like the, that's, at least that's like the first two movies? Their strategy, at least from what it was announced, was that more of like PG-13 and under was supposed to be going to Disney Plus for whatever they release, and then everything mm-hmm. else, you know, like Fox-wise, would go Hulu. So it's interesting yeah. that they're saying that this is going to go to Disney Plus, but, but but you know this is all rumor right now. It still could end up going to Hulu. yeah, maybe it and, and it, it could anyway. and it could be good. Like you know, like Sean said again, you know, because the Mandalorian's been getting rave yep. reviews from every almost everybody. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, so I'm I'm not like downright against a watered down Predator if it's a good story or whatever. Right. I mean, but. That's that's still just my question. Just you know, why can't you just put on Hulu and make it gritty? Yeah, I agree with that. For sure. yeah. We'll have more information as it comes because this is all still just very early talk and I'd rumblings. Love to see a series where you just follow a predator as he goes on his different hunts. Yeah, different hunts throughout the galaxy. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that could be interesting. It could be. 
it doesn't have to be like serialized where everything's on earth and it's just you know he's hunting humans or this predator's hunting humans i mean we've seen that so many times let's let's branch out a little bit and see different planets and it could be interesting it it could be interesting because you know like you know you could have no dialogue everything's just body language and visuals and stuff like isn't that the guy who did samurai jack isn't he doing something similar for like a new show where it's like a caveman and yeah some caveman thing yeah where it's like the name of it it's like violence it's like violent but it's like no (laughs) but it's like no dialogue right i mean it's pretty much just yeah okay they have a trailer so, for it. I can't it's caveman. So something like that for Predator could be really interesting. Just, you know, do something different. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. We will let you know once we have more information on this, because I'm sure more is going to start trickling out if this is end up being true, because they're going to obviously want to jump on the ball and announce something if, if something like this has been leaked, you know. And if you need riders, Disney, me and Ted are available. <laughs> uh, we'll do it for less than scale because we're poor already. <laughs> we, we won't know the difference. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Also, more streaming news. So Netflix is also... We're not unionized either. <laughs> so... Going back to Netflix here for a minute, um, they are actually producing a docu-series based on the most notorious haunted houses in America. Now, there's just... Oh, that's been done before with other channels. It's been done a lot. Yeah. And I mean, it's only how they go about it. It could be cool. I'm not usually big into haunted house things or ghost hunter type shit or anything. Yeah, I'm not either. It all seems like ridiculous bullshit. It's all staged for the most part. I agree. But if they could present it in a good style, man, instead of that, yeah, you know, so many. It's kind of go. I don't can't. I don't know. It's it's just been done to death, though. I mean, it's like everybody has this series, you know, on on haunted houses. It's it's just so overdone. I love how in those shows that when they turn the cameras off, then something happens. They just have to tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. It. It's so convenient. When we turned the cameras off spots. and we were leaving, we were leaving the house. Joey got pushed by an unseen force. Ooh. I think there's a cold, I think there's a cold it, spot here. Did you feel the it, temperature change? Right. <laughs> just, just, just ignore that, that little pipe sticking out of the wall that Joey totally didn't trip over in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Just stuff like that. that. That stuff doesn't interest me no. at all. There was a weird creak it's in all the walls just... of this very old house. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not the house shifting either. <laughs> you know? We pointed our I cameras. I actually stayed at an old hotel that was built in like the 1800s. And they had a war- like a little note posted because it was winter time. And you could hear the things knocking in the walls because they still had the old... Um, radiators running throughout the building so they had a little note post if you hear these noises through the walls through the middle of the night it's just the heating that's funny (laughs) i just thought it was funny that they had to actually post that (laughs) yeah so we'll we'll see how this turns out i I hope they do like a new twist on it or something to make it interesting because it's been done for so many years for so many times it's it's you can only do this so much it's just like beating a dead horse but 
I I'm I'm hopeful that hopefully they do something good with it, but will that just remains to be seen. So, um, kind of looking at some movies that are coming up here, we got three to kind of take a look at. So, first off, on December third, we've got uh, Lost Gully Road. This one looks like it has potential to be possibly good. Um, you got the whole secluded in the woods kind of vibe, and and it looks okay. Yeah, it looked like it could be okay. I'm not always big on the ghosts, supernatural type movies. No. But the trailer was alright, man. It had promise. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job of making her look almost batshit crazy. Yeah, that's for sure. Maybe there's more hope for that genre since The Conjuring. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Even though it's kind of an overdone thing anymore. Right. The trailer was good, though. I enjoyed the trailer. So. Definitely. So that's coming out December 3rd. That's on uh, Blu-ray and digital uh, for that. Now, following that, on December 17th, we have A Feast of Man. Now, this looks fucking weird and quirky, and I love it. Um, Four friends and tits. (laughs) (laughs) I love the voiceover because it sounds just like they used a computer program to say the the lines, and it's just so weird. It's the future of trailers, man. <laughs> AI produced trailers. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, this one could go either way. It could go either really quirky yeah. and fun. I like the the um, premise of it. Of they have to eat this guy's body in order to get their um, yeah inheritance. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, interesting story <laughs> there. So it could either, like I was saying, it, it could go either way. It could either be really quirky and fun, or it could be just really fucking dumb. So hopefully it's yeah. not the latter, <laughs> you know. Exactly. But we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Now in January of next year, uh, for the last one that we're looking at is called The Wave. Now this is starring Justin Long. And, uh, yeah, like you were saying earlier, it kind of just looks like a huge acid trip. Yeah, like, he took some drugs he shouldn't have. I don't know, man. I wasn't overly impressed with the trailer. No. But it did have kind of like a slight butterfly effect feel. Like, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. The fact that he was bouncing back and around through time, it seems like, or maybe he's not. Maybe the whole thing is just one big trip. I don't know. (laughs) Right. I might check it out. So. Yeah. I like Justin Long, so. Yeah, same here. Uh, he's usually in fairly decent movies, yeah, so. he's the one that honestly made me check the trailer out. So. Yeah. Knowing that he was in it, so. I was disappointed in the trailer. I thought it was going to be a movie about people in stadiums doing the wave, and that's not what I got. <laughs> yeah, so. The world's not ready for that one yet. Though. Nope. <laughs> not at all. So that's kind of what we got for you guys for news this week. Like I was saying in the beginning, we're going to be reviewing some different movies and stuff and talking about different things Christmas horror-wise. And we couldn't think of a better way to start it off than taking a look back at 1974's Black Christmas. Oh 
You've got the wrong number. Look, I'm telling you, you have the wrong number. Black Christmas was released on December 20th, 1974. It was made on a budget of $620,000. The cast consists of Olivia Husey, uh, Kier Dulea, uh, Margot Kidder, and John Saxon. Basically, the kind of the premise of the story is during Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are being stalked by a stranger making obscene phone calls not knowing that the killer is within the house. Just some quick tidbits with regards to the movie. According to director Bob Clark, uh, the original script for the film featured more murder scenes that were a lot more graphic. However, he felt that it would be more effective if the murders were toned down and made more subtle on screen. And that's kind of where, because if, if you see the movie, it's it's not really that graphic, not really that bloody, which I think yeah, works to its but benefit. But I agree with him. Yeah, I think so too, man. It's got that old, more of an old style. Yeah. But that works, man. Works. Oh, definitely. So, uh, Bob Clark's a great director. Oh, I agree. I, I agree 100%. So the original, May he rest in peace. Yes, definitely. So the original title for the script was Stop Me. It was Bob Clark who actually came up with the title Black Christmas. Um, that he's saying that he kind of liked the irony of something dark occurring during such a festive holiday. Now, the POV shots that they do for the killer throughout the movie, and especially like at the beginning, uh, the cinematographer actually created his shots by rigging up the camera with a harness that mounted to his shoulder. And so he was actually climbing the fucking house to get in. It wasn't like something that was staged. Yeah. He was actually literally climbing the fucking I house. That was pretty cool, man. That's like ahead of its time. Oh, too. definitely. He was he was GoPro and <laughs> GoPro before it was actual GoPro. And you got to think back in the seventies, that fucking equipment. You're talking yeah. easily a hundred pounds. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Easily. That's awesome. When I read that, I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was definitely ahead of its time, and it looks cool in the movie for sure. Yeah, so definitely kind of the biggest piece of trivia with this movie. Well, there's two big pieces of trivia, but this one's probably the biggest is this film holds the honor of being the first seasonal slasher film ever. So obviously afterwards you had Halloween, Friday the 13th, so on and so forth. But this one definitely was the first to kind of hold that for being a slasher flick and a horror movie to be set during a holiday season. And then on top of that, um, the other big piece of trivia is, uh, and I know you'd mentioned it earlier too, about Steve Martin had mentioned to Olivia Husey that um, he knew her from this movie and that this was his favorite movie and that he'd seen it like 27 times when he first yeah, met her. I that was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty He's cool. one of my favorite comedians. That just made me like him even more. Exactly. Yeah, that's just one of those random facts that you learn. You're like, yeah. man, that, that's really cool. I'm going to watch Black Christmas with Steve Martin. Man. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd probably watch any movie with Steve Martin. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. I thought something else that was cool that I read, man. Go ahead, too. I'm saying, Mark, would you watch Showgirls with Steve Martin? (laughs) (laughs) 
That could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch Mandy with Steve Martin. There you go. Oh, I heard, uh, I read that uh, Warner go. Brothers wanted to or changed the t- title initially to Silent Night, Evil Night. Because yeah. they're afraid Black Christmas was going to be confused as a black exploitation, and it bombed. <laughs> and it bombed when they did that. Yeah, and then it finally got so. its you know status. You know when they changed it back. So that yeah, that's yeah. that's another good one. So Black Christmas. This this movie is by far one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, it's definitely one that I watch every Christmas time. And it's it sets that yeah, I watch mood. It once or twice every Christmas. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's because it, the reason why I love this one so much is it's so believable and it's so realistic. Like this shit could fucking actually happen, you know. And it's so yeah. spooky and yeah. creepy, just with you know the character Billy in it and him making the calls from the attic and within the house. And it's they actually um pulled it from its television run in Florida because of the Ted Bundy murders at a sorority down there. Oh, wow. That's aired on television. I didn't know that. They thought it hit too close to home. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's That's interesting. Interesting. And so like I was saying, in in the beginning they had that POV shot of Billy basically coming up to the house and then climbing the trellis to get into the attic. And, and, you know, it kind of cuts in between... The footage of that and them having their Christmas party uh, with their house mother and everything, and it's it kind of sets the mood right away that this is going to be very creepy, very just kind of psychologically terrifying. Um, just knowing that the killers in the house they're with them and they're just completely oblivious and don't know, you know what's happening. <laughs> so right away it starts off and gets off on the right foot right away, which. To Bob Clark's credit, he did a fantastic job directing this thing. He did an amazing job with this movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, period. So, I 100% agree. It has a great Christmas feel and creepy as shit. Mm -hmm. John Saxon, the best cop ever. Yep. (laughs) No argument there. He is definitely by far the best cop character in this and in general in any horror movies he's by far my favorite cop character Margot Kidder being a fun drunk oh not a fun drunk but fun for us to watch anyway. <laughs> right <laughs> I feel sorry for that death sergeant that she's always messing with yes. yeah. all I gotta say is I'm changing my phone number to fellatio <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff the whole movie gets started almost right away with its first kill. Um, you know, the the girl that's going to be going out of town, supposed to be meeting her dad the next day. Um, she goes up into the room, start packing her stuff, and, of course, Billy's waiting in the closet behind some, you know, plastic uh, dress bags and stuff like that. She sees something in the closet, goes over to it, and obviously gets, you know, the bag covered over her head, suffocated, and then put up into the attic. So right that's away. That's a great scene. Oh, yeah. Actually, I read they filmed, filmed that with a handheld from the closet, and she they didn't tell her exactly where he was going to be hiding in the room, so her surprise look was a genuine surprise. That's great. That's the best one they can do it that way. You get that genuine yeah. reaction. Oh, my God, that's good. So right away, this movie just starts off right away with the kills and gets you going. And then, obviously, we go in, because they have the whole subplot, too, um, to kind of 
get more going on between um, the main character and her boyfriend. You know, she's pregnant and wants to have an abortion. He doesn't want her to have the abortion. And that you got that whole subplot going on. And yeah, he's kind of a whacked out weirdo kind of dude. Yep. So. Kind of sets. Yeah. I think he's placed there to make you a little confused. And yeah. And that freaking piano uh, recital or whatever. That was freaking <laughs> god awful. Yep. Like, oh, my God. How did <laughs> you get to the doing? point where you're at some kind of private audition? Like, yeah. I'd like I to see the, the guys thing. that didn't make it. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, this guy has scholarship for what? <laughs> These are classic red herrings, so it, oh, yeah. it works well within the yeah. film. Because you're, you're like constantly that. just thinking, you're, you're just like, is this guy doing all the killing and he's just crazy? Is it because he doesn't want his woman to get an abortion? Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, it makes you wonder. You're like, what, what, what what's up with this dude? Right. The one thing I liked is because um, I when I was kind of reading up on this movie, that whole subplot with the whole abortion thing, they weren't trying to make like a statement or something like that with that. Um, both Bob Clark and Olivia Husey both said that uh, that was just done to add a subplot to you know have something for their yeah. characters to do. Yeah, yeah, add a little depth to the characters. Yeah. It's realistic. That's what it is. Exactly. It's not. It's not shoved in there to be shoved in there. Yep. It's just there. So I like that because I like it when they're not trying to shove shit down your throat and it's just there yeah. to be part of the story. I, I like that a lot. Um, hey, who wants to watch Charlie's Angels, guys? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> We're not going back to that one, Ted. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so it was a joke, fellas. I got to come on. Now. I got to say, out of out of all the characters, I think my favorite character in this whole movie, though, is the house mother. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Right. Mack. She is freaking great. She is yeah. so funny. I mean, she's constantly drinking. She's got bottles just stashed everywhere. And just she's trying to cover up the poster with her hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I actually read, too, Betty Davis was slated for that role. <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been great. That's what I thought. That could have been wild. But she's great anyway. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, her and Olivia in the movie, or Jess. Yeah, those are my, I think my two favorites. Definitely, but yeah, Mary John Saxon's always great. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marion Waldman did a wonderful job as Mrs. Mack in, in this, and yeah, she's definitely my favorite character in the whole thing. She's just I love how she's got a liquor bottle stashed just about everywhere yes. you can think of. Yes, exactly, <laughs> and then just how just blatantly blunt and rude she can be it's just great it's just it's good comic relief for this movie because it's nice having little things like that you know to just sprinkle in a little bit of humor just so it's not completely all 100 percent serious which which i which i liked and yeah i think they did they handled the humor in this well you know for having just little bits and pieces sprinkled throughout the movie and yeah, that's great in my opinion. So you got the whole subplot with that going on. Plus, there's like, a, you know, the the one sorority sister, Isn't there like a missing the missing girl too. Yep, going on. Yep, because that yep. that comes on towards a little more towards the end. You have the father show up for the you know the one sorority sister that gets killed first, and then he's just trying to find his daughter, and you know he's kind of going back and forth with you know, the sorority sisters and some of the other characters in, you know, ends up 
being a part of the whole movie um, throughout that, and then with the search for the the missing girl and everything. I mean, there's a lot actually going on in this movie, you know. Yeah. But I, I think it actually works, you know, to its benefit. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's not all over the place. It's just, you know, it shows you it, that they're not. <laughs> these are like it made. I think that's what adds to the realism of it. You know, the cops are actually out doing cop work, not just focusing on the sorority and right. I think it helps a lot with the pacing. The pacing of the movie was perfect for me. Yeah. I agree. It always adds if I was Billy responsible or whatever that's in the attic for that missing girl, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Now, I think probably the when I saw this when I was younger, the thing that freaked me out the most was the scene with him behind the door. That thing gave me fucking nightmares. With you, when you just see his one eye just sticking out the just door. The just yeah, eye. that's a great I shot. I love that shot. Man, that shit always. <laughs> I love that shot. That's one of my favorite shots ever. And it works so well. Uh, the way that they did this and how they paced everything and you know the different scares and everything. And the noises, man. Not just on the phone calls with the murders and everything. Yes. It truly sounds like a fucked up individual. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely personalities and god knows what else going on speaking of the the prank phone calls and stuff uh, another little piece of trivia seems we're still sprinkling a little bits and pieces here um when they filmed the actual phone calls they just had some like angry verbiage that uh, bob clark was actually saying to them they didn't have everything that they you know billy was saying over the phone at the time that was all done after the fact and the way that because they did it that way, it just it's made Nick it. Man, Kusa. Oh yeah, <laughs> they it just made everything that much better and much more impactful by you know not having everything, all the actors hearing what was going to happen. So um, I thought that was interesting that they did it that way, where they just had some different verbiage, not nearly as coarse or shocking as you know what it ended up being. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So that and it, things get pretty shocking. Yeah, that's definitely so. cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's why awesome. sometimes you don't even. I mean, it's obviously just one person on the phone, but sometimes it sounds like there's two or three people on the damn phone. Yep. And I maybe it was a cult. You never know. <laughs> I like that they left things oh, just very God, ambiguous. That's where they got the freaking idea for the new one. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's not talk about that dumpster fire. No. I wasn't talking about the new one. I was being serious. <laughs> no, I know you were. This just made me think of the new Yeah. One. I, I refuse to watch the new one because I just don't want to. It looks terrible. <laughs> yes, it does. But um, I, I like with this movie how they left things really ambiguous throughout the whole movie. Because really, you don't know who this Billy character is, You know what his real motivations are. You don't really That's learn anything about him. Yeah, you don't need you, you don't need any of that. He falls up in that freaking attic and then he freaking leaves. Lee Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't need to know anything. Else. It's more terrifying that way. Fuck yeah, Billy is still out there. Yeah, <laughs> waiting to visit you this Christmas. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah Billy got a job at the mall as <laughs> mall Santa. Hmm. Everyone, submit your identification before taking your photos. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, then things start really ramping up, you know, in with the climax because you have that whole scene where Jess is still in the house by herself, and they're trying to track the phone calls and they're trying to have her keep him on the phone. 
and that whole race to try to figure out where he's located and all that, that gets really like edge of your seat, like yeah, nail biting. That, man. And the calls in the house, Jess. Yeah. It's like that campfire story, man. Yes. <laughs> that most probably all of us heard growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the babysitter at the guy upstairs, which they've made a movie up to. I think that was partly an inspiration. I think so. When they wrote the script for this. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So you get that revelation that, even though we already knew that he was in the house, but she finally has that revelation that the killer's in the house, and then she ends up investigating and then ends up in the basement and then you know she sees her boyfriend you know that whole thing happens like a complete psycho (laughs) (laughs) not helping his case (laughs) don't kill the baby right so then he ends up getting it and then cops show up and obviously she's in bed everybody leaves and the phone rings again and great police work by the police department and not searching the attic Right? For the entire fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that ending. That freaking last shot always gives me the creeps. Mm -hmm. You have the one cop posted outside the house. She's asleep in the bed, but she should be in the hospital getting checked out. Mm -hmm. And he's still in the house, too. She's freaking dead. I don't care what anybody says. That's it. Olivia Hussey's dead. Yep. I said, it's just, oh my goodness, my skin crawls with that, because then the phone starts ringing too. Throughout the whole <laughs> credits, it just keeps ringing, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah. my god. <laughs> That's, it's like the perfect uh, ending, and I, from what I was reading earlier too, is that uh, the studio was trying to make Bob Clark change the ending where she actually dies, where they show her dying, yeah. and he oh, refused. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely refused, because they wanted them to shoot a scene where the one boyfriend that was still alive is there and says something about Agnes. And then you find out basically that it was him or whatever. And then he kills her. Yeah. Like it connects him with the whole thing. He's yeah. Like, yeah. My uh, Agnes told us we can do it or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah, they didn't that do that. Yeah. That'd be a lame ending. <laughs> that would have ruined the movie. For sure. Yeah. Then a Right. Yeah. Then, of course, you had that whole Bob. remake debacle from 2006. That happened. But then, afterwards, and this I was another... twice to watch that. And yeah. Make it, man. I fell asleep both times. Another, another, another piece Never of... Uh, it. It's It's not worth watching. Yeah. Another piece of uh, <laughs> trivia with regards to this movie is after the remake came out, Bob Clark actually started working on a sequel that Olivia Husey and John Saxon were both going to come back for, but he ultimately passed away before he could finish yeah, no, preparing that. So disappointing. Yeah, we could have had an actual sequel to the good version of it, and unfortunately, it just never will happen now. Yeah, he got in that car accident and killed him. Yeah. Sucks. Mm. Just to think about what could have been, you know, because this is such a classic movie. And it's do you so think good. his do you think his sequel would have been titled Black Friday? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I hope Billy's working at Walmart now. <laughs> oh jeez! But yeah, basically, um, Jess was supposed to end up becoming the new head head uh, house mother or whatever, 
for the sorority in the sequel. So that that would have been interesting to see. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But, I don't know about y'all, but I would have been far away from that sorority if I lived through that. I'm like, <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm I'm transferring. I'm transferring universities. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not go back to work. Man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> This is this isn't the rage carry two where you become a guidance counselor. <laughs> no, definitely not. I can I can help this girl. She's just like Carrie White. <laughs> you helped Carrie out so much. Try again. Yeah, <laughs> got your boyfriend killed. <laughs> right. And all he did was get hit in the head with a bucket. He didn't deserve to die. <laughs> nope. Um. So Black Christmas. This this movie is definitely. I highly highly recommend. For those of you who haven't seen this, to check this movie out, especially if you're looking yes. for new stuff to check out, because this one definitely isn't like watch a well-known movie. Watch before you see the new one. Yes, if please. If you want to see the new one, fine, but watch this one first. Please. The, the only out. thing I would add on to my recommendation is if you get offended easily, don't watch this movie. That's that's another good point, because they're, yeah, the subject matter can be a little... Do you really think this would offend people? Oh, come on, Ted. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking about just the movie. Just rewind like, back to the original conversation on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't really find it. Well, I guess because I don't get offended, but I mean, right. it's I mainly it, just about the phone calls. They're pretty offensive. Oh, yeah. you're talking about the Nazi? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know how that would get people offended, but I don't know. That's just me, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. Man. Yeah. It is a great movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it didn't say it w- it's going to offend you, Ted. It didn't offend me. <laughs> I highly suggest to check it out if you haven't seen it. And, you know, it's become a yearly tradition for me to watch this movie. Um, I very, very highly yep. recommend it. Now, And it'll make you check out other Bob Clark stuff that you might not have even known. Exactly. Seen, like, a Christmas story. Yep. <laughs> so... Christmas Story is classic. Definitely. But, so, let's take a look at ratings here. So, if you were to rate this out of five, what would you rate it? Because I would go five out of five. This is the yeah, Christmas horror movie for me. for me. Five out of five, for sure. Mm, I wouldn't give it a five. I'd give it a four, though. It's pretty It's pretty good. It's a solid movie. It's not one of my favorites. It's definitely not my favorite Christmas horror movie. Garbage day. <laughs> but I would recommend it to anybody that says they like B horror movies or old horror movies or yep. anything that's not than what's considered normal for horror now. Right. Yeah, it's definitely for an older school fan. Right. Because it's not heavy on the cheesy jump scares or anything like that that people are used to with horror movies now. I hate jump scares. They just get on my nerves now. I Same. love jump scares when they are used properly. Yeah, that's me. But uh, nowadays the, they're not used properly. The, it's like every five minutes or ten minutes, it's like Haunting the like, Hill House had the best jump scare I'd ever seen in any film ever. It, it was perfect. I would probably agree with that. It was it was well done for that one. It it's it got me. It got me. <laughs> yeah. I was told to watch for a jump scare right around that time on the show, and it still got me. <laughs> my favorite my favorite jump scare is from John Carpenter's The Thing when they're trying to bring uh what's his face but like he had a heart attack, you know. Yep. And the doctor's doing CPR and all of a sudden the chest opens up and bites his arms <laughs> off. That always gets me. I know it's even <laughs> come the first yeah. the the first time I saw the movie, I was I just screamed, Holy crap. 
<laughs> and then every time I watch it, I know it's coming, but it still gets me because yep. it seems like it's just so fast. It's like, bah! and I was like, oh, geez, it always gets me. I love it. The one at the end of uh, Friday the 13th Part 1 got me a lot. I don't anymore. But right. I say, at least for like the first solid 20 times I watched that movie, I still knew it was coming. It still fucking got me. Yeah. <laughs> That's another good what one. What about the boy? All right, so we got about two boy? fives, uh, one four. Ted, what do you rate this? Oh, you actually care about my opinion. Okay, I see. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, he's, he's falling for it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you sound like my parents. That's oh. just not. <laughs> I am your daddy, Ted. <laughs> Then I gotta talk to my old health teacher because I'm older than you. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Pocket dimensions. Osmosis. Da- Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my um, yeah, rating. Um, I'll be back, guys. I'm going out for a pack of smokes. <laughs> daddy daddy where's daddy going <laughs> oh yeah my rating okay um <laughs> we kind of got off track there um my rating will be the same as mark for it's not my favorite christmas horror film um it's a solid horror film overall um i I pretty much that that, that's really that's really it because i think it's a solid film it's just not my favorite christmas horror film so it gets a four for me like you know because because we've got we've got christmas evil you know silent night daily night and they all get fives damn it (laughs) (laughs) are you trying to tell me how to think sean Okay, I just wanted to make sure. It's a five, everyone. I think Black Christmas is. (laughs) (laughs) I give Black Christmas a five. It's it's getting hot in here. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I give it a four. It's solid horror film, not my favorite, but definitely far from anything being the bottom of the barrel it's it's a good movie oh, i highly it's, recommend it's it yeah it's great i highly recommend it like everybody else here um skip the 2006 remake skip the 2019 remake skip the 2045 remake just just watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a time traveler i know these things okay so <laughs> you you you, you want to know what happens to child's play 14 no. It's not good, guys. It's not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot to talk about Don Mancini. Mm. Don Man- quickly, Don Mancini did a podcast, and he talked about how, in addition to the uh, Chucky TV series, he has plans for two more movies also. <laughs> I think that's, at this that's point, really it. they're competing against each other to see who can Chucky it best. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee the, the, the Child's Play remake is not going to get a sequel because it didn't do too well at the box office. No. Uh, I think that's that's As done. much as I that's, like that's, it, that's, it, that's, it really didn't do very good. I liked it too. It's one of my favorite remakes. I thought it was good. But uh, we're not going to get a... Yeah, We're not going to get a sequel to that. So he, he talked about how, like, having a TV show that gives you basically, he said, 10 hours of storytelling to get to know some characters, like, really intimately. And then he said he has plans for uh, 
two more movies. So we'll see how all that goes. But that's what he said. I go back and forth on the TV thing. I just want to wait and see when it comes out and decide them. All I know is... Yeah, I'd rather just do movies, but, you know. Yeah. All I know is if he's going to do this, he better get his ass moving, because I know freaking... Brad Dorff's not getting younger. younger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man's 71 years old. Not at all. Don Mancini's, like, in his 50s, though. He's still, Uh, you know, he's not... He might be... I think he's in his late 50s. Still youngin'. Yeah. But that's another good piece of information for you. But yeah, so over the next month, Christmas-wise, we're going to be discussing a lot. Um, Actually, coming up, we're going to actually also review both Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one, and Christmas Evil. So we're going to do a double header there. So look for that in the next few weeks. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after. Um, I I do want to rewatch Christmas Evil before kind of reviewing it. So look forward to that. Plus, we'll have some other things coming up here. If there's anything that you guys want to have us discuss throughout the month of December here, Christmas-wise, feel free to let us know. You can always reach us through our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. But otherwise, if nothing else, we do thank you for checking out this episode. We can't wait to be back with you guys next week. And as Ted always says, Stay naughty, children. thanks for joining us today for the cls podcast check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag cls podcast until next time stay safe campers